Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston answers some of your most pressing questions. Let's hear what he has to say. Well, you guys have asked some uh, doozy of some questions, and in particular, we're going to be talking a little bit about dating. And um, I'll give you the questions. Let me uh, that people are asking, and I, I, you are asking, so I'm going to give you an answer. You know, one one lady writes in and says, "My oldest son is 20 and dating someone I feel that has tried to separate him from us, his family, and kind of saying, okay, what do we do?'" Another uh, question that came in about dating is that my 14-year-old boy has a crush on a girl who is Jewish and we are Christian. He's suddenly resisting church, youth group, his Christian school. Uh, you know, we want him to start to explore relationships safely in a group setting, and we prefer him to find girls who share our faith. Okay, so, and here's another one. Our 16-year-old daughter has her first boyfriend. Uh, she's 16, he is 17, and due to some uh, sexually related physical discomfort, which, which required medication, she has reluctantly shared with me that they are becoming increasingly more in, intimate. <laughs> wow. These are some great questions. Let me let me kind of you know kind of prepare this just a little bit. I remember one of the first times that I held hands with a girl was at a skating rink when I was in the seventh grade in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, name was Cindy Rosser. And I just, man, I was head over heels. The feeling that I got inside of me uh, was something that was undescribable. I don't know whether it was butterflies, whether it was it was my heart bouncing. I was sweaty. My hands were sweaty. I couldn't believe it that that she would actually hold hands with me. And I would I would submit to you this that I think one of the strongest forces um, in this world is when someone likes someone else. There is just something about that that changes perspective um, of life. And for me, that day, I thought, there's just somebody of the opposite sex that cares for me and wants to hold my hand. Sounds crazy, doesn't it? But maybe you remember something in the seventh grade just like that. Now, and I've got to tell you this, Jan and I started dating after our ninth grade year. Uh, Jan is my wife of 45 years. We've now been together over 50 years. But we started dating after ninth grade. Our first date was a Led Zeppelin concert. And uh, we spent a lot of time going to concerts because that's what people did back then. Uh, we thought it was expensive. It was $6 to go see one of the greatest bands of all time. And and so we started dating. We broke up a couple of times during high school. Um, we never had sex, even though I wanted to, because uh, I was just as normal as the next guy. And in between some boundaries and... and uh, and and Jan's just ability to to just fall asleep because she got tired at ten o'clock and and that'd be the last thing on her mind. That was all through high school. Um, and I remember pulling up, uh, you know, when we were sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, we'd pull up to in there in her driveway, and her mother would sit there and start flashing the lights on and off. Perhaps she knew something, and uh, so those were some boundaries. 
You know, and I think it was a time of, of, of life as well that the culture established some boundaries for us. I mean, I believe in the scripture that says, 1 Corinthians 7, 2, that, that, that says, because of the temptation of sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman have her own husband. I mean, I think that 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 I would always tell people that that's what God created sex for was in a marriage relationship, and and don't do it before that because it's because it confuses relationships. But here's the interesting thing: even though the culture used to have these boundaries, we get this idea that that the the sexual world with 4.3 million porn sites and and uh, just kind of like Katie bar the door, anybody can do whatever they want. You know, where sexual immorality is sometimes permitted and promoted and encouraged. Here's the interesting thing, though: is that between when you and I dated during junior high and high school, back in those days in the 70s and 80s, and now only half as many seniors go out on dates. Um, the number of kids that experiment with, uh, uh, that have intercourse um, has gone in this I generation from 54% in 1991 to now 40% in 2017. Alcohol consumption is less. Matter of fact, experimentation with alcohol by eighth graders has been cut in half. You know, teen pregnancy, and here's the crazy thing, is at an all-time low. And you would think with the permissiveness of the culture that what would be happening is our kids would just be sex-starved and out there and, and going after it right and left. That's not true. So with that, I, I would tell you this. That, that, that kids are drawn to one another because of the relationship that's happening between them. And if you've listened to me for long, you know that, that I have been one that has always said that this, uh, this generation of kids, the iGen uh, generation, is um, truly uh, somewhat void of deep relationships. And so what that means is kids have that amazing opportunity when they are liked by somebody to jump in with both feet. And I think that's what's happening in some of these questions. So let me answer these questions and give you a perspective, I think, that that may help just a little bit. My oldest son is 20 and dating someone I feel tried to separate him from me. Now he's asking me to apologize and won't come around. Uh, evidently, there was a conflict where somebody said, you're trying to pull my son away. And now the son is saying, I'm not coming around until... Uh, until you apologize to this girl that I'm dating. And the mom is saying, I don't want to apologize to her. There's no way to apologize to someone who won't accept it. You know, here's here, here's my encouragement to you. You have a 20-year-old uh, young man, and uh, uh, a good woman is hard to find, is what Scripture would tell you. And um, And when a young man finds somebody that he falls in love with, then what's happening is that new person begins to fulfill expectations that haven't been met by mom and dad. And, and we all know that. I mean, I, I think we all know that. I mean, most people have always been frustrated with their parents, but God designed it that way. I, I'm not so sure that our parents are supposed to fulfill every expectation in our life because if they did, then we'd never move on to the next relationship. And scripture says that a man shall leave his mother and a woman leave her home. And if that's true, then they move on to something else that's better. And so this lack of fulfillment of expectation drives a child to want for something in a relationship with somebody else. 
Are you following me? So that means, mom, dad, just on a side note here, you're never going to meet the expectations of your kids. And to any kids that might be listening, um, you know, you're always going to be frustrated with your parents because they're not going to meet that. Because God designed it that way for you to find a mate that will meet those expectations that you can fall in love with. So that's kind of the background of what's driving these relationships is that our kids aren't dating as much. And so when they do and find that connection with somebody else, there is a relational draw that is sucking them into the relationship that they will give up their family, they'll give up their faith, and they'll give up their values to follow the relationship because they have been so relationship poor. Are you following me? And so here's a young man that's 20 years old that's saying, you know what? I don't have to see my family because I've got this girl. And so to the mom that that, that wrote in and, and asked the question, I, 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 I know exactly what you're talking about. But let me say too, you're never going to be totally happy with anybody that's dating your son because they're never going to be good enough. And I would say that to every father out there. There's no girl out there that's, um, there's no man out there that that is going to be good enough for your daughter. And so you just have to accept that that's the nature of relationships. But your child has fallen in love or is head over heels over somebody, and that's got to be taken into consideration. And so, Mom, I would tell you this. Look from the perspective that this might be your future daughter-in-law. Now, if you've done something wrong, then apologize for it. If you haven't done something wrong and and something was, uh, you know, interpreted as, as being something, then, then change that up and say, I, I don't really mean that. Because anybody that's dating your son at 20 years of age is going to pull him away from your family a little bit. Now, in, unless she's psycho and a whack job and, and, and is intentional and she's, you know, spitting in the food before she serves it to you and she's trying to, you know, kind of a, eliminate you from life. But I mean, the, there's a tendency here that, that, that that's just what's happening is that they're falling in love with each other and they want to have a good relationship and sometimes I think it's hard to offer grace. And it's grace in a relationship. You know, mercy's not getting something that, um, that you deserve. Grace is getting something you don't deserve. And, and maybe this young lady doesn't deserve a relationship with you. But grace would say, move toward her. Move toward her and give her a taste of something. I believe that, that God has moved my daughter-in-law and my son-in-law into our family so that I can learn from them, but also so that I can teach them and embrace them and help them learn and grow to love my kids even better. I believe that there's a part of it. And so his expectations of, of this young lady may be pretty high, and for some reason, um, he's head over heels. And it may be that you go to your son and say, and I know this is hard. This is tough. You go to your son, you go, I, you know, I didn't mean that we don't want you to leave. We want you to marry a fine girl. And, and my motivation is because I want good things for you and I don't want it to go bad. And it's only because I love you so much and I care for you and I will love whoever you love. And so I hope we can start over and, um, and get to a good place. And if that means, Mom, apologizing 
then apologize. Just give it up. It's not worth ruining a relationship over. I hope that helps just a little bit. Here's another uh, uh, man that wrote in and he said, my 14-year-old boy has a crush on a girl who's Jewish and we're Christian. Um, you know, it, it's interesting that, that, um, that, that we all grow up with a sense of tradition and, and uh, a sense of what we were taught and the cultural values and mores. And, and uh, I was told, this was crazy, I was told to never hang out with Catholics. Uh, I grew up in New Orleans. Born in West Texas, but grew up in New Orleans. But I was told never to hang out with Catholics, and so I wasn't allowed to go over at any Catholic's house. I mean, they went to a different school, and all the blacks and whites uh, went to another school. But the Catholics were at their special school, and and we were told, ah, they're, just stay away from them. Hey, you know, I don't know why. I don't know why that was. So the black racial thing wasn't a deal for me, never has been, uh, isn't to this day, but I chuckle every time. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I was over in Italy in the Basilica, and I, I sat there and I thought, well, I'm never supposed to be here. And here I am, 60 years old, experiencing that for the first time. You know, and, and so there's a part that, that, that I go, we have a lot of tradition. Well, what's happening with kids today is that, is that they go, you know, they're, they're friends with everybody. I mean, they're engaged with everybody. The world has changed. I mean, I went to a school. Now, this is crazy and hard to believe that, that uh, I went to a school where they separated the guys and the girls from going to school together from eighth grade on up because they didn't want the white girls associated with the black guys. Isn't that crazy? Now, that's how I grew up with a lot of divisions in life. And now there aren't those divisions where we've changed up our schools. I mean, we've changed the way that we educate. We've knocked down boundaries. And what's happening is our kids, our kids are, 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 are the ones that are, that are loving everybody. And there's something for us to learn about that. And so now you can answer the question when it says, well, what do I do about that? And it may be making sure that you just have discussions. She believes this. This is what we believe. And, and I think what's happening is, is that, you know, he's, he doesn't care about uh, her Jewish faith. And, and she probably doesn't care about, you know, his Christian faith right now because of the relational draw that is happening and the power this strong force of somebody liking somebody else that he's having that experience right now. So I would encourage you to go, just let it, let it be, let him spend some time together. He'll learn about different things as he gets older and see the importance of that. But I would not shy a child away from engaging that way. And I know that's probably not what people want to hear, but I would tell you that your relationship with your child needs to be good. And if you start making demands that you cannot hang out with these people based on faith or skin color or, you know, our economic backgrounds, 
it's being interpreted as judgment by your child. And the one thing that I know that kids will do in a heartbeat, if they think you are judgmental, they will eliminate you from their equation of their adolescent years. And then you will never have the opportunity to speak truth into their life during the time that they need it the most. And so it's more about that than it is about the Jewish Christian thing. And 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 the man that wrote in and asked the question says, I was raised Jewish. So I know firsthand how it can lead to strained relationships. And I would take it that it's probably because you grew up in the same world that I did that was somewhat divided and kids don't look at the world that in that way anymore, even though there's still longings for people to marry within the church and within the faith. I feel like I'm stepping on some toes here a little bit, and and I don't want to do that, but I just want to make sure your relationship with your child is good, and I don't want you to do anything that eliminates the opportunity for, for you to have an influence in the life of your child. Okay, here's another question that, that a lady wrote in and said, our 16-year-old daughter has her first boyfriend, and due to some sexually related physical discomfort, which required medication. (laughs) She's reluctantly shared with me that they're becoming increasingly more intimate. You know what? I think it's pretty cool that your daughter is talking to you, mom. It's it's amazing to me that there's got to be something going on well between your relationship with your daughter that you and her can sit down and talk and, and have this conversation because it's the power of the relationship again that's drawing her to this young man. Remember what I said? I mean, kids will will violate their own values, their faith, uh, their own family to go after uh, being liked by somebody else. And and I, I think what happens is in a world that's as I said earlier, that is permissive and promoting and, and at the same time encourage. It's, it's amazing to me that your, uh, that your daughter is saying, I, I, hey, I know that it's, it's, it's not right. But she says this, I mean, and, and though she's now in agreement with the current generation's opinion that premarital sex isn't necessarily a sin. Now, to me, that's interesting because I think it's a change in culture. They don't look at it as that that's big, that it's that big of a deal because they see it all the time. They hear about it. They're growing up in a world of 4.3 million porn sites where nudity and modesty uh, is, is expressed. Uh, every The moral code's a little bit different. And so what I want a child to do is, is, is almost come up with a plan in their own moral code. And some people go, well, I don't believe in moral codes. And I go, okay, okay. And I've met with young ladies. And I said, do you think that... Sweetheart, do you think that it's okay for me to have sex with one of your friends? And they go, no, that would be gross. That's ridiculous. You can't do that. And I said, well, why not? If there's no, no moral code, then why does it matter? They go, because you're married. And I said, well, then there is a, mo- a moral code, isn't there? And it wouldn't be right for that girl. No, it's, see, there is a moral code. And what you've got to do is figure out what your moral code is. Now, it's interesting to me, too, that, that this young lady that's, that's been sexually intimate with her boyfriend has also said this, um, that she doesn't want to have sex while in high school because she doesn't want that reputation. Isn't that amazing? If there's that appearance and performance world that a child's saying, I don't want to. I don't want to be known as that, but even though the morals have changed. And so 
I would tell you because of her age and because of her time, set some boundaries for her. Tell you want to help her. You don't want her to get pregnant any more than she wants to get pregnant. You don't want people to know her as a, as a, a girl who's a little loose. Um, you don't want her to be known as uh, and getting a sexually transmitted disease. I mean, all those things. And it's interesting, if it is an STD, then I would ask the question, where'd she get it from? And you get it from having sex. And so does this young man, did he have sex somewhere else and is now bringing it to the table with your daughter? The other thing is this. I would ask your daughter, hey, hey, um, do you think it's okay to sleep with everybody uh, if it's not a sin? Do you think it's okay to sleep with just anybody you date before you get married? I would ask her the question, hey, do you think your future husband would be okay with you um, having a past where you've slept with all these guys? Um, do you think that there is something special about the marriage relationship? Do you think that um, it's okay to have sex anytime that you want and take a risk of getting pregnant? You know, I, I, my point of it is this, that is that by asking questions, what you're doing is getting your child to reflect upon that a little bit. Now, the drive for the relationship is there. And once she's had sex, then there will always be that feeling like they need to do that again. Do you feel like your boyfriend's using you? You know, do you feel pretty comfortable after everything is over with him or do you feel a sense of shame? Do you feel guilty? Asking questions instead of making insinuations has an amazing way of getting your child just to think through some things. And from, from what it sounds like is that she's still talking to you. So take advantage of that relationship and, and don't say, well, let's go spend one day a week getting together, having coffee, talking about sex. Just kind of start slipping in there saying, can we spend some time together and go do something? The stronger their relationship is with you and the value they find in your relationship, then they won't be giving up um, uh, their possessions to find the value in a sexual relationship with a guy. I hope this helps. You know, I, I would encourage you to uh, take advantage of... of uh, uh, our Heartlight Stories YouTube channel and subscribe so you get a weekly deal because I because I, I I interview the girls that live with us. Um, most people know that I live with sixty high school kids, thirty five girls, twenty five guys at our residential counseling center called Heartlight, and and uh, I would tell you that these girls that live with us share a lot about their sexual exploits or experiments or. Uh, their curiosity, and they have things to share that might benefit uh, you in helping you understand uh, kind of their thinking behind everything. Um, the relationship draw is huge. It, it pulls them in, and so take advantage of it. And the other thing, of course, I would tell you, go to parentingtodaysteens.org and sign up for our weekly newsletter, and we also send out different messages uh, um, throughout the week to uh, people who follow us. And so take advantage of those resources and continue to send in those questions. You guys are asking great questions. I, I hope I'm giving the answers that, that are insightful and, and have a little bit of wisdom. I, I feel a little uncomfortable answering some of them because you're, you're asking some pretty deep, deep ones. But keep them coming, and I'll keep answering. Hey, talk to you soon. Have a great week. Bye-bye. 
Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, visit parentingtodaysteens.org. And to learn more about Heartlight, visit heartlightministries.org. If this podcast has been helpful to your family, please share it or give us a quick rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Of course, you can listen to Parenting Today's Teens wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us back here on Monday for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.